Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast. www.worshipministrycatalyst.com Worship Ministry Catalyst is a networking resource for all worship leaders and worship team members, serving as a catalyst to facilitate worship in the local church. David Lindner and Kevin Cruz. Hello again. Hi. Hello. Episode one, Hello. We're here. We are here. We do not have pizza in our mouths this no. time. We may still have pizza on our breath. Yeah, the uh, the, the um, lingering smell of pizza is in the air. We trust that that will not come through the podcast. Unless you are eating pizza or you're driving by a pizza shop. Then, you know, then you're just right in here with us. Right at home. If you have a pizza sensi, you can go turn that on. <laughs> wow. Sorry, that was a bad joke. Okay. We uh, we ate pizza uh, the last podcast episode. We, uh, we recorded it, had some pizza delivered. Best podcast episode ever. Yeah. Best episode ever, but that that's mainly that's just over. because that's we got past. to... Yeah. Now we're back to just our normal, plain old, boring... Plain old boring self. Hey. Hey. Rose Bowl. Oh, see, I wasn't going to bring up bowl games because I know Ohio State's had a rough year. Ohio and State I has had a rough year. I didn't want to hurt your feelings. Ohio State is still being treated unfairly, but yes, Ohio State has had a rough year. Well, are, yeah, are you saying that because they're not allowed to be in the bowl game next year? Yeah, I think that's a little much. They did that with USC, and they actually did. They actually did bowl sanctions. Yeah, but for USC like was giving out like cars and houses and like all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, like, but Ohio State still broke the rules, right? Yeah, <laughs> but you know, I struggle with it. Like, I'm I I'm having problems with the NCAA just in general. Yeah, no, and I know because, I know like, you're an Ohio State fan, and I don't want you to have to. You as know. lame as Terrell Pryor is. <laughs> Like, you know, and how lame it is that he sold his little, you know, his gold pants that he got from the Big Ten Mm -hmm. on eBay. And, like, how lame that is to Buckeye Nation that he did that. Like, he's still a human being that lives as a United States of America citizen. And if, you know, if we have something we would like to sell when you're a college student and you don't have any money, like, you ought to be able to, to do that. Even if it's lame, you know what I mean. Hmm. Like it's maybe, but I I think there's some rules about that though, isn't there? Well, that's the point. Yeah, is that there are stupid rules about that. <laughs> they're stupid. They they're not good rules. They're stupid. Well, what but, about the whole like what was it like the defensive line or offensive line all getting tattoos for free or something like that? Well, a couple, a few people did. It wasn't all like the line or anything, but yeah, they got some free tattoos. But even that, like. I think tattoos are stupid, but you look at, you know, look at all the tattoos that everyone has. And I guarantee you that of, of all the football players that are playing college football, 90% of them were given to the players. Do you know how expensive tattoos are? They're like hundreds of dollars. You think, you think that the tattoos have been given to oh, people yeah. just oh, by yeah. and large. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And you, know, and you know, even like, it's like PR for the tattoo thing, you know, like, you know, you want to see some of my work, check out Terrell Pryor's arm, you know, it's like, you know, it's PR marketing stuff. 
but even yeah, when it gets into like when where I have a problem is when they're when like boosters are giving money when it starts to become like they're being paid to play then I start to have a problem or when like and I, I think Oregon's going to be hurting here in a couple of years. I know you keep saying that, but I haven't seen or so it's, it's because they're busy with Ohio State and Penn State and all the Big Ten. But it'll come around. The NCAA is slow. But I mean, if, so if you're what, paying what are they going to do? What are they going to do for Oregon? If you're paying players from Texas to come up here to go to school at Oregon when they could be going to school at one of the big schools in Texas or anywhere else in the country, like. You have a lot of players from Texas that were some way coerced into coming to Oregon to make it a good. Well, you think they were paid to come to Oregon? I there there's something going on behind the scenes in a uh, Cam Newton kind of a way what? to get them to. Uh, well, the the recruiter that you guys were using is under fire in the NCAA with other schools hmm. for for illegal against NCAA regulation stuff that he's been doing with other schools to get players to go to those schools. So. If he did it for them, I guarantee you there's something coming for Oregon. You think you think something's happening to Oregon? Well, maybe we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. All and I by know, the way, this doesn't mean that Ohio State didn't beat Oregon two years ago in the Rose Bowl. <laughs> Somebody brought that up. I'm like, okay, if if we had been cheating in the sense of drugs, like using steroids, or if um if we were paying pros to come back to play college football so that we could win the Rose Bowl, that would be one thing. Yes. No, I, I take I take nothing away so, from your two thousand nine or was two thousand ten Rose Bowl win. Nothing uh nothing so, taken away there. We still run the we still won won the Sugar Bowl too last year. I mean yeah. those were our I mean, they were college players. Sure. We we didn't cheat. That's back the when game. they had Jim Trestle, good coach. They had Terrell Pryor, good quarterback. Now, I mean, but now you got the uh, the new floor the the floor the old Florida Urban State Meyer, guy, yeah. right? Myers, what's his name? Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer. So you got to be pretty excited about that as a Buckeyes fan, right? If, if he sticks around for more than four years, I'll be happy. How long was Jim Tressel there? Well, Tressel was there about ten years, but Urban at Florida was only there four or five or six years or something, and then he decided it was too much. And why? Why did he leave Florida? Because he thought he was having health problems. He oh. wanted to spend time with his family and stuff like that. But was, now he's back into college ball. Yeah. How about that? Well, he found out it wasn't heart problems; it was esophageal spasms, and so he feels like he's okay now to get he's back. Like, in. Now I can get back in. So, regardless, there were a couple bad calls that, like that, uh, that didn't get called. I will say that. What for your your for, Gator Bowl for Oregon? Oh, Wisconsin. what? Okay, what? What? There were two bad. Are you holds. talking about the safety? The the or the supposed no, no. safety? No, because I, I, I people was right. people have been like freaking out about. Oh, you know, he crossed the. No, he not that. The line. There were there were there were two touchdown plays where there were nasty holds. Like one one of them, an Oregon Duck offensive lineman had a defensive lineman's arm like this <laughs> really and keeping him from getting around to put pressure on your quarterback and so i'm like and then he threw a touchdown pass on that play i'm like you know that should have come back but i also don't think that necessarily changed the outcome of the game because i think oregon would have still scored on a subsequent play possibly most likely yeah so yeah wisconsin i'm proud of wisconsin <laughs> They did a lot better than, than you I thought. was anticipating. But yeah, that Monty um, Ball guy, he can run. One thing that that I'm disgusted with in all of college football right now what? is 
defense. Yeah, it's pathetic. Like and, the Alamo and every Bowl? single, uh, like every single BCS bowl and a couple of non-BCS bowls, defense has just been. Ohio State's defense was pathetic in the Gator Bowl. I'm like, mm. man, it's just disgusting to watch. Like no defense. Like there should be better defense. There shouldn't be seventy to thirty three games going on in yeah. a BCS bowl. Well, Florida, Florida State, they, uh, I mean, they had that huge, you know, re- kickoff return. Uh, the guy w- went untouched. Um, and then on top of that, I mean, how many times did uh, did your quarterback get sacked in that game? I mean, oh, it was awful. He got sacked like, like seven. Yeah, like six or eight times or something. Yeah. And they knew it's because, and it's because we're so pathetic this year. <laughs> like they knew if they could just get pressure on him. Right. He was done. What's his name? Braxton. Braxton. Braxton Miller. Braxton Miller. But like, I was I was talking about last night's Orange Bowl. Did you watch that? No. Did you hear the score? No, I didn't. 70 to 33. 70? Yeah, West Virginia won 70 to like 33. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 70 points. They scored 70 points. That That's unheard of. That's 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 like a That's like a basketball yeah. score, you know? Like... So wow. I'm sorely disappointed in defense this year. Yeah, well... But congratulations it, on your Rose Bowl win. Thank you. That, I know that, that must be hard for you to say. <laughs> that must be hard for you to say. <laughs> I wouldn't say that if, if the Buckeyes were playing and we lost. I wouldn't say congratulations. Oh, so so <laughs> so, no, we, so we played... If we had played two years ago in the Rose Bowl and Oregon had won instead of uh, Ohio State... Yeah, I, I wouldn't have been a good sport about it. You wouldn't have... No, I'm kidding. Oh, come on. Dude. I'm maturing a little bit. Are you? Are you getting I, better? I'm getting to the point where I realize that it's just a game. It's just a game. Hey, you know what? Like I said, man, I thought Ohio State, uh, two years ago, uh, they um, they played a, a, a good game. They well, won. Well, the good news for you, Chip Kelly won a bowl game. Finally. Finally. And, and he didn't underestimate the Big Ten. There we go. So, um... You guys have some... That's what he did with us. Yeah. Totally underestimated how good we were, and that's why we won. <laughs> like, I think you guys probably could have beat us that year, but I don't think he prepared the Ducks to, to win because he just assumed, oh, we're better and we're faster, so we'll win. Well, I don't I don't know if it was that flippant. I don't know if he's like, oh, we're going to win this game. Let's he not talked prepare. that way before the game. You know, I, I think he, he probably was confident because I mean, that's Chip Kelly. He's a confident guy. I think they could have they uh, prepared better or differently. Um but you know the game against Auburn, the national championship game last year that we lost, I mean, that was a close game. You know, I mean, that was a close game. That 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 came that did came Auburn pretty close. Lose, did they lose their bowl game this year? Oh, I don't know. Um, if they did, they'd be like the first national championship team to come back and have a seven loss season. Wow. Yeah, it was a wasn't a good year for Auburn, um, and not a good year for Ohio State. Not a good year for a lot of teams. Uh, you know. But how fun, uh, the inaugural year of the Pac-12 championship game, um, the inaugural year of the Big Ten championship game. Um, so that that was kind of cool to have, you know, have a, a, a title game, Pac-12 championship game, and then go to the Rose Bowl, get and see that whole thing unfold. Yeah, that was fun. I still, yeah. Do you wish Ohio, Ohio State would have played in it? Well, obviously. Oh, yeah. I, I yes. And and it's really lame that we can't play in it next year. Yeah, yeah. No like, I mean, bowl game. When you think Big Ten, what's the first school that comes to your mind? Ohio State. Ohio State. And the fact that Ohio State couldn't didn't get into the first inaugural 
Big Ten Championship. That's pretty disappointing. Yeah, bad year for Jim Trestle to be fired. Yeah, so anyway, I got to get to Auburn's game. No, they won. They beat Virginia. Okay. Okay. All right, moving on. Here we go. Done, done with college football. College football is almost over. You might hear about it one more time. LSU and Alabama. Hey, hey the, now, now the there's Bengals. defense. Those guys, those guys play defense. They do. Right? Remember, yeah. remember that game when they played? Uh, yeah, there's some serious cheating going on at those two schools, by the way. I <laughs> you are just you. you are just full of conspiracies, no, David. I, you are just all about the conspiracy theories. There is theories. Some, some really bad cheating going on there. I guarantee it. Well, for wow. one, um, Les Miles, did you know this? Les Miles, what, like he will, he will tell people that they're getting scholarships and then make them come to spring training camp and basically audition for their scholarship, and there's like 30 players that that don't make it. Wow! And so he sends, you know, he sends people that he promised scholarships to away without a scholarship. Can he do that? I don't know, but he does. So, so there's some there's some nasty stuff going on, but I also think it's pathetic how bad both of their quarterbacks are, mm. and that they're in a national championship game. Like that's that's kind of. It's a it's a defensive yeah. game. I mean, that's so, what it was uh, when they met that first time. It was all field goals. Yeah, that's. I like I like defense, but that was a boring game. No kidding. You gotta have some offense, but I don't like I don't like the blowouts like we've had because those get boring too. Like well, the Rose Bowl. Like, see that? I mean, regardless of how you feel about Oregon or Wisconsin, if you watch the Rose Bowl, it had to have been exciting because I mean, it was it was back and forth the whole time. See, that's what I'm saying is it it lost its excitement. What? Yeah, after after how could you not be excited about that? Because after eight touchdowns in the first half, you get to the second half, you're like, oh, there he goes again. Yeah, and it's, there he goes. It's again. those big explosive blah, 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 plays. Blah. There, there wasn't any stopping going De'Anthony on. Anthony Thomas going, you know, ninety one no, you yards. Gotta, you and... have to stop plays to make plays seem like big deals. So, like if if they're always if they're always breaking big plays, then they're not a big deal. I don't know. I just so you gotta have a defense that stops. I disagree. Those big plays are exciting to me, you know. And they didn't happen every. They didn't happen every time. There were some explosive plays, um, but you know, I mean, just just a couple of them. I thought it was a good game. They got old for me. Eh, And all of the games, not just the Rose Bowl. Like last night, the Fiesta Bowl. They're they're getting old. So (laughs) I want to see some defense next. All right. (sighs) So sorry. Done. 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 So we're gonna get into. a little, a little talk again on music theory. Music theory for worship team members. Um, I can't remember what we've talked about in the past. I know we have talked about it. I remember doing one episode on it. But, but what's what's the basic scale format, right? Whole, whole, half, whole, 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 whole half, half, right? And so I, th- I think there's basically like three or four things if we could teach our musicians. Okay. It would be huge in terms of what we'd be able to do with that. All right, let's do it. So one, if we can teach them the scale, they understand the scale and that that from any note you can make a major scale. Right, how to do that. Yeah. And then then teach them the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of the scale. Like the chords or just the notes? Just, just the numbers. Okay, so like numeric value for yeah. each note. Yeah, so so three, you have C, that's E. Mm-hmm. So you teach them that, mm-hmm. and then teach them the basic, you know, major minor for each number. Right. 
then I think if you can do that, do those things, if they have a, an understanding of those, we don't have to get, you don't have to get into circle, circle of fifths and all that stuff. You don't have to get real complicated, but I think if they can understand those things, then you can say things and you can do things like key changes. Mm-hmm. So that so the people understand if you're going to do a key change from A to B, that that you go from A being one to B being one, and you know that from on one you have the one three five and that makes it major. Mm-hmm. Like if 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 we could teach people those things, I think that would be like a foundation that would get us a long way. See, I would even simplify more than that, and I would say. You know, if you could, if you could teach people, um, like with the key change, if you can say, uh, "All right, you know, you're playing the key of A. That's your one. Now you're going to a different key." Um, and and to be able to, you know, what I what I teach people that I'm working with, you know, you got kind of four main chords within each key. You know, um, I mean, obviously there's lots of other chords, but you know, kind of your your main chords. You have your one, which is your major chord. Uh, so you have your four, which is a major, a five, which is a major, and a six, which is a minor. And so what I try to do is emphasize, all right, w- you know, what are these five chords, or sorry, these four chords, and how do you play those chords in other keys so that you know what your one, four, five, six is in, in all the keys um, so that when you go to a key change, you know, you can very easily say, okay, I now know I'm in the key of B, so I know I got to deal with my B chord, my E, which is my four, my F sharp, which is my five, and my G sharp minor, which is my six. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can at least start them going there because that's pretty doable to be able to, to once people understand that pattern, one, four, five, six, and again, there's other chords and there's, you know, five over sevens and one over threes and there's, you know, your two minors and, you know, there, there's those kind of things. But yeah, there the, I, I think you'd have to do five. I think the two chords pretty important. Because you got that whole two five one thing that's pretty standard. Yeah, I guess I, I just in the worship music. I mean, honestly, a lot of worship music. Yeah, I don't see. I don't see two chords. We've had those discussions though, and that's depressing. Yeah, there, you need to put a two chord at some point <laughs> in a song. Like if you write a whole album worth of songs and there's not a two chord in any of the songs, you need to go back. Yeah, and do some rearranging. Sorry, that's a little rant. Yeah, come no, on. It, it's 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 true. There's not. Uh, there's not a huge. You know, I, I mean, okay, here's an example. Here we go. There's power that you get when you do that. That's, that's why I'm, for I'm not it. disagreeing with you. Um, Chris Tomlin, I think it's, I will follow or, or it's faith. What's that faith song? Walk the the new one that the, the, I want to off his new album. Or the, where you go, I'll go. Where you not that, not, I will, not that one. That's I will follow, right? Yeah. I will follow you. Um, the other one about, and I don't know. I, I I probably know the song. I have a CD. I was actually just listening to it yesterday. It's, it's one we've talked about on the podcast before because it frustrates me because it's poorly titled. Because mm. the whole song has this other hook, but then he throws in this other other Faith. thing. Faith, and that's what they, they call the song. Uh. But um. But anyway, they get to the bridge and they throw a two chord in on the bridge and they go two, one over three, or three, yeah, one over, one over three, one over three, four, four. And that's the bridge. And right. so, like, you haven't heard this progression or this two chord in the whole song. And all of a sudden, it's like, boom, you know, there's, mm-hmm. there's this bridge and like, and it, it, it takes you somewhere. Yeah. It, it's, it's a good, it's a good builder 
two yeah i i was just saying that in a lot of music yeah, one I, four I five six no i agree twos are good too um but the point i'm making though is if you can get people to start understanding how i i think i think people just get scared or nervous or or start thinking of music being complicated and i'm always trying to simplify it and bring it back and say no it's not it's not that complicated you know it, it doesn't have to be that complicated it's not um that you know if you can especially you know um what are what are the standard keys that you see in worship music you know g d a e c you know i, I mean we're only talking about five keys that that the majority of worship songs are written in these five keys um so if you can just start getting people comfortable with some of those chords i lift my hands oh okay i lift my hands a little that one yeah yeah you are of butter as i pour out my life and then uh let one. faith arise yeah let that's, faith that's what the title arise. should be that's, and that's out in my, my eyes. hmm there we go yeah that was a good song let faith arise open my eyes so anyway but i'm pretty sure it's that one I hate it when you go to a lyric site and they pop up 12,000 pop-ups. Stupid pop-ups. Wow. Uh, that's a lot of pop-ups. All I want to see is the lyrics for someone's song. Yeah, because he does that, let faith arise. Let faith arise, open my eyes. That's how he ends the song, is let faith open arise. Open my eyes. Is it? Yeah. But he calls the song, I lift my hands. How many times does he say, I lift my hands? Well, every chorus at the beginning of every chorus, I lift my and hands, and, and but it's not, it. it's not like a title. You know, so mm. I lift my hands to believe again. Like, you know what I mean? Let faith arise. Right. You can you can grab that as so that, that's true. Okay. Well, little rant. Yeah. Way to go, David. Little I rant all the time. You are on call the this, the worship ministry rant ranting cast. podcast. All right. Now my computer's freaking out because of this. Pop ups. Pop ups. Yeah. Right. So, but getting back, music theory. Um, no, I agree. Um, I just I, like I want, I want people to understand that music can be simple. Um, and but here's the problem. I think I think a lot of people have realized that music's simple, and that's why you know there's a million guitar players out there who are you know playing in the key of E. But then the problem is they're they're only I think. I think the pendulum has swung where, um, okay, yeah, music's easy, but now it's almost like too easy. Like they're, they can only play like four mm-hmm. chords, you know? Yeah. Um, or, or, or they can't expand past a certain key. And, and so you get to, you know, what, what I see a lot of, you get people who have to have the music in front of them. They have to have the chords. Um, you know, they they can't explore around those chords or change keys or, or whatever. And so how do we help train musicians to keep music simple, but not so simple that they're dependent upon one specific chord chart in one specific key? You know, well, that's why that's why I think we need to be teaching music theory. Yeah, it's because because um, it keeps it simple. I mean, once you know a little bit of just this very basic stuff, it really keeps it simple in terms of, of what, you know, they need to understand what they need to do and stuff like that. I mean, it seems like it, it makes it more complex, but when you think about 
um, about anything. Like, so let's let's take your school. Like through high school, you, you had algebra, algebra one, algebra two, algebra three, geometry, calculus, and you know you get through all these, you know these upper level maths, and then you come back to do division, and you're like, oh, that's a piece of cake. That's easy. Yeah, I know division. And you remember back in third grade struggling through long division, right? And how hard it was and stuff like that. But then, but then when you get when you learn all these things and get back to it, then you see the simplicity and the basics. And that's kind of what we want to do. Like we mm. want to we want to take people beyond the just reading a chord chart and playing the chords that are on the chord chart. Chart take them beyond that to where they understand the theory behind it, so that when they come back to that chord chart the next time they can identify it and it's easier to play because they know what's going on behind it. Does that make sense? Ah, that's good. So I think the complexity makes it simpler. That's good. Good so, words. It's a very short uh, bit on music theory. Yeah. But there's a lot out there on the web about music theory. So There is. Start with a scale. Teach them four chords. Five. Five if you want to add that two, add that, that minor two. Um, and you know, then if you're looking for more stuff to work on, I mean, circle of this, you know, you, you probably don't want to start off with the circle of this, but when, when I've, when I've showed that to people who like understand basic music theory, like their eyes just get, I mean, their eyes literally get wide because all of a sudden it makes sense. They're like, Oh my goodness. I, I see how, how these keys interact with each other. And each one of these keys is adding a sharp, you know, you start with C, then you go to G and D and A and E, and each one of these adds a sharp, and then, you know, pretty soon you're at F sharp, and then you start working your way backwards through the flats, you know, and and understanding how keys interact with each other and how the, you know, the the four chord, um, you know, of one of one key can be become your one chord of the next key, and you know, it's just mm-hmm. that there's so many um, wonderful, wonderful, uh, almost mathematical. Um, mm-hmm. parallels and equations that that fit with music. I mean, music is very formulaic mm-hmm. in a way. Like there's formulas and patterns to music, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's exciting. And so, you know, I, I love the circle of fifths, and I love I love playing through the circle of fifths and and understanding how chords work and interact with each other. It's fun. Have any goals for this year? Uh, music goals or just M- music goals, goals? Yeah, goals in life. Music goals. Um, yeah, you know, I think I want to, well, I mean, I have some music goals for our church, you know, like I want to introduce some new songs. I, I want to, you know, I was kind of sharing with you earlier about, uh, you know, uh, defining and, and communicating just our vision of worship at our church. And so, you know, I've been doing some of that, but I think just as far as music goals, um, you know, I, I, for a long time, I've had a goal, uh, you know, of, of, uh, playing the piano for an hour, a week, um, you know, un unrelated to church, just sitting down and playing music for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, uh, I I, uh, I was kind of toying around this idea of of having a goal of of writing. Um, I don't know, four. I was gonna say five songs, but I'm thinking four might be more realistic. Um, I, I wrote a couple songs this last year, uh, two songs for Melanie and one song for. Um, no, I guess there's just two from Melanie. So yeah, you know, writing writing some more songs, writing some worship songs. Mm-hmm. So I, I got some of those goals that sit in my back pocket. What about you? Kind of the same. Like I want to do more writing this year. I was my problem is I always like shoot for the moon and and then don't do it. <laughs> so like 
but I want to, I want to write a lot of songs, not necessarily songs that I want to use, like, but I just want to write songs. Like I was toying with the idea of, of taking sometime the week after a sermon and just writing a song about the sermon just to get me in a weekly kind of habit of writing a song. Wow. And, and for me, content is always the hard thing, but if I have a sermon that I've heard, like full of content, then I can use like that gives, gives me you, material, gives you right? So, and maybe, maybe even just lyrics because lyrics always seem to be the hard part for us musicians, right? So maybe even just writing out the lyrics to the song and not putting any music to it, but just, mm. you know, you know, refining my skill. More of like poetry yeah. type of thing. So I'm toying with that. I got to record something this year and get it out and do like the full, get a CD out. That's, oh, wow. That's done. I've been working at it for like three or four years now. And it's so, so you want to actually put out a, put out an album and yeah, nice. I've got, I've got like 20 songs that I think Whoa. that I've written that I could put on an album. I just like haven't recorded. Yeah. Them. I've written a lot of songs for Melanie. Um, <laughs> most of the songs I ended up writing are for Melanie. Uh, I've written, you know, like three or four worship songs, written a couple of songs for my girls um but yeah i i can i could like make a full love album you like should. you know love song with that love songs by kevin cruz love song by kevin cruz yeah i got a whole i got a whole bunch of songs i've written Melanie. i shouldn't say a whole bunch i i've written her like 10 or 11 songs in the time that we've been together that's an album right there there you go mm-hmm. so yeah i should but, i should just publish it produce it like You know, my dad is a great musician and like, you know, he, he would work up offertories and stuff, just, you know, come up with a hymn and arrange it and do this, you know, great thing and then never record it. Mm. I'm like, and, and he would always, you know, talk about how he might want to do it. And and of course, you know, 20 years ago, it's a lot harder. It's a lot more difficult, but, but I was like, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to go through life always wanting to have done something and then never do it or like by the time I do it, what I have is outdated because mm. there are some songs that I've written that I wouldn't record now because they're dated like a decade ago. And it's like, I don't want to, they don't have the same vibe. Yeah, They don't, they don't fit with our current culture in any way. It's you know? not grooving. And so like, I don't want to, I don't want to be in that cycle. So I like, I just got to do something this year to get out of that cycle and get it done in a good way. But so that's, those are my goals, but cool. Yeah. All right. Well, happy new year. Happy. Uh, it's tomorrow. Epiphany's tomorrow. Oh, yay for epiphany. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so once again, episode one Oh three, you can find us worship ministry catalyst.com. Send an email to David at worship ministry catalyst.com or, or Kevin at worship ministry catalyst.com. You can find us on facebook.com slash worship ministry catalyst or twitter.com slash WM catalyst. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to actually hear your voice on hey. our voicemail inbox. Voicemail 360-818-4339. So there you go. Get in touch with you. We will be back soon for a couple more episodes of the worship ministry catalyst podcast until then thanks for listening we'll talk to you again soon bye